Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome back to New Books in Eastern European Studies, a channel of the New Books Network. I am Vladislav Lilic, a doctoral candidate in modern European history at Vanderbilt University. In today's episode, I have the immense privilege to converse with Dr. Isabella Wagner, Associate Professor of Sociology at Collegium Civitas in Warsaw, Poland. Dr. Wagner holds an MA from Poznan's University of Music and a PhD in Sociology from École Normale Supérieure, the EHESS, and the University of Paris 8. We will be discussing her captivating new book, Bauman, a biography, published last year by Polity Press, the first comprehensive biography of the eminent sociologist and writer Zygmunt Bauman. The work narrates private and professional trajectories of one among few most influential thinkers of our time. Dr. Wagner, welcome to New Books Network. And thank you for taking the time to talk to me about your work. Thank you very much for invitation. I feel privileged to be here with you today. As is customary on our channel, I will start us off by asking how your previous research led you to write about Bauman. Your first monograph, Producing Excellence, The Making of Virtuosos, was published in 2015. There. You shed light on the social dynamics behind the development of exceptional musical talent. How do the two projects relate? Uh, yes, uh, it was. A, it is a long story because actually I am uh, educated in France as a sociologist of work. I specialized in careers. And uh, this work, uh, which I did on Virtuoso and published in 2015, it was my first work. But after I moved to um, laboratory researchers and I investigated academic careers. So I was uh, for 10 years uh, already at the university, back to the <laughs> to the study of university careers. And all the time when I wrote um, about those people uh, in laboratories, my colleague sociologist asked me, uh, what about uh, sociologists? So uh, it was a project uh, of a collective book with a French sociologist, Christophe Brochier, uh, uh, we, we are not yet done with that, but it will be, I hope so. Um, this book should um, speak about the career of sociologists uh, and different aspects of the careers as a determinants of, of our trajectories, professional trajectories. Bauman was one of the cases, should be one of the chapters in our book, uh, because he developed uh, his career um, largely over 
uh, academic uh, universe. Uh, and also, it was at the last time, last period of his career, means uh, when people were retired and usually are not uh, um, so active as he was. So it was spectacular, exceptional. And also, for me, it was very interesting, this aspect of political determinants uh, of sociologists were working in a um, authoritarian regime. So that that was the idea. And after, when I started to collect the data, I, I had this interview, first interview with him in 2013. And especially I went to the archives, uh, Secret Services archives in Poland. There I saw that there's this huge amount of data and material, which also were um, able to help me to uh, tell this story. And the story was uh, so huge that one chapter would never help me to explain why uh, those accusations that he suffered from all his life, after 68 especially, uh, were completely um, wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, I, for one, am exceptionally grateful and, and thankful that, that this chapter grew into a, a wonderful monograph. And uh, before we dive into the details of, of the narrative, uh, would you care to expand or elaborate on your methodological approach? Um, you are, if I'm not mistaken, a proponent of the Chicago School of Sociological Research. So please tell us how studying wider social interactions and contexts can help us fully comprehend, understand individual trajectories. Uh, yes, thank you very much for this question. Uh, actually, uh, the um, sociological tradition of Chicago and interactionism is mainly known today by Goffman. It is face-to-face -face interactions, etc. I uh, took um, much more uh, from uh, uh, Hughes and the main uh, concept of... Uh, um, uh, you, you know, the main concept and idea of interactionism is not only face-to-face, -face, but the person in his uh, environment context, but also larger context. And that was uh, uh, my understanding of uh, interactionism uh, and uh, master status, the concept of Hughes, a very old concept, but very good, helped me to organize the data means to understand the tensions between uh, what we're calling uh, identity, means how we see ourselves, and uh, master status, how we are perceived by others. So these tensions and, and this theoretical frame help me to organize the data, how I collect the data. So I'm a sociologist, so the interviews uh, were for me very important, but not only as a historian, I worked uh, hours and hours in the archives and um, I had the access to the uh, archives of uh, secret uh, services, uh, which are uh, very good because Bauman uh, was under supervision uh, long years before 68, uh, but also he was uh, in military service, so we could have uh, the, the um, documents from that part, also archives uh, providing from his um, job places, but 
uh, also from the University of Warsaw when he was even student. So I had his grades, etc. Even from the middle school, you know, before Second World War, I was lucky because he studied in Poznań in archives from uh, Polish uh, schools in Poznań interwar period were not burned during the war. So I was able to dig uh, really into these archives and the special um, uh, really exceptional input in my book. Uh, this is thanks to his family, his daughters, who gave me the full right to cite uh, his personal uh, journal. Uh, this is the um, about uh, 100 pages of uh, tape script. Uh, he addressed it to his children and grandchildren. Original uh, was written in English because his grandchildren are not, uh, all, they are not all speaking Polish. And uh, yes, I, I largely cited uh, this exceptional material. Fascinating, fascinating. And you seek to explain how Bauman became what you term a global thinker. Uh, but his path commenced in the interwar Polish city of Poznan, as, as you mentioned already, a Jewish youth excelling in Polish schools. From early on, Bauman had to reconcile his attachment to Polishness and the realities of racial discrimination in the interwar era. How did this earliest stage of his life influence Bauman socially and, and intellectually? Uh, well, I think that um, despite his uh, very um, his own silence on on this connection, because he never used uh, his own experience as a you know a case or as an illustration for his. Uh, um, his narratives. Uh, it, it, he was really silent about it. Uh, I, I think that it was obviously very important and it was crucial. Uh, look, for example, his work on refugees. He was twice refugee. He was first time refugee as an adolescent and in, especially in this uh, private document that I am citing, it is very clear Clear the connection between his engagement uh, and late uh, literature and uh, uh, the, the latest period and the books uh, uh, in which he is showing uh, how our society works and uh, how we are, uh, for example, look for the book Wasted Life. His interest for this population and this part of a society neglected, uh, unseen, uh, abandoned. It, that is uh, certainly grounded in his childhood and in not only in the experiences of of his parents, um, because he was um, in a um, he was born in a family uh, in which they had a higher culture. Um, capital, if we can say so, uh, than a material situation. So they were educated, but they have trouble to survive to the end of the on, of the month. 
So uh, he knew the situation of someone who is struggling with daily uh, life. However, he was already interwar in the interwar period uh, engaged in Hashomer uh, Hatzair, which was the organization uh, lefty organization, Jewish uh, organization, that uh, and, and this specific view of the world uh, means we should reduce the inequalities, we need to fix this world, which is uh, far to be perfect daily, and it is up to us uh, that we need to uh, work on uh, on a social justice. And it, this is something that people frequently connected to his period when he was in Soviet Union and engaged in, a, you know, pioneers organization, etc. But it, it, it is pre-Soviet Union period. It is really engaged also in this um, and foremost in this Jewish tradition, lefty tradition, yes. Uh, Jewish, not religious, yes, because Hashem uh, el it was not really connected at that moment uh, um, to, to, to the religious tradition. Zionist, socialist organization. Yes, and it was it was simply socialists scooting. We can say Jewish scooting socialist. Yes, excellent. I mean, this is the the perfect segue into my next question. You describe how Bauman, a teenage war refugee living deep in the Volga region of the Soviet Union after forty one becomes committed to communist ideals, and he decides to join the struggle against Nazism. A decorated soldier, uh, the liberator of Berlin, we see Bauman as an engaged post-war builder of the new Polish homo socialisticus, right? Uh, How did he eventually come to replace military uniform with academic pursuits? Yeah, it was a long story. First of all, he was not in Berlin. He came uh, to Berlin. He he, he was, uh, you know, wounded uh, during the uh, Kowabzik uh, battle. It was a very important battle, and he was one of the hundreds, thousands of people injured there. And he came to Berlin when everything was done already. <laughs> so, but he, he's uh, explaining this very well in his private uh, text. Uh, but yes, he participated in the implementation of the new regime. But we forget uh, frequently, and even historiography, Polish historiography, try to be black and white, because um, this, uh, just after the Second World War period and implementation of the new regime, socialist regime, is seen as something uh, very homogeneous, which was completely untrue. And Bauman, uh, direct supervisor, uh, supervisors and, and uh, people who protected his career, they were from the option of people who were communist, pre-war, second, pre-second World War communist, Polish communist, who hated Stalin. Because Stalin uh, murdered uh, the leaders of this party before '39, and uh, those people who fight, uh, f- who took part in a you know a Spanish war, uh, they were uh, completely in opposition. So they had idea of Polish uh, Polish communism, but it was not Stalinian communism. 
for them Stalin was not communist. So it was internal struggle, even if the unit in which Bauman was incorporated, because he was not like volunteer, he was incorporated. And why he couldn't say no? Because his parents at that moment were still in Soviet Union. So if uh, Bauman refused to join this new unit, which was created in 45, to protect the new regime, uh, he could uh, he, he could um, uh, have trouble to uh, to have uh, his parents back to Poland. You know, in forty five, no, nobody was sure that these people who are still in Soviet Union will be back to Poland. So it is easy to blame him or to think uh, about his choices when we know the history fifty years after, but. What was my idea, and I tried really to show uh, his uh, decisions or the processes and his life in the context contemporary to him context, not from our today's perspective. Wonderful. And could we go well, back to uh, yeah, the, the transition between a military yeah, yeah, yeah. career and academic oh, career? He, that is very was, revealing. Yeah. He, yes, he was simply kicked out because of anti-Semitic uh, uh, wave again and again. Because um, actually, just uh, two weeks ago, I had a presentation and my book was received and discussed uh, by Polish sociologists and historians. And uh, they said that this is micro-sociology of Polish anti-Semitism during 100 years. Uh, my, my book, it is not only the story of this exceptional person and his career, but it is also the, 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 the history there. And uh, it, it was, uh, again, he was in the army. He was one of the youngest officers uh, uh, from that generation. And he was very successful. In one moment, his father went to the Israeli embassy for uh, asking for the possibility to uh, to do his aliyah means to to be in uh, Israel uh, to go to Israel and and uh, it, it was finished for for Bauman um, and one way of putting this people who served in the army was not like dry eviction, but, uh, you know, uh, in French we are saying voie de garage, so the, the way of parking uh, people. Uh, so it was an uh, academic career. They, uh, actually, when he was even in, uh, uh, in the army, he was a teacher also. He was the uh, head of propaganda, he uh, educated the next officers of propaganda, etc., uh, etc. Et so he, he was already in between, uh, but uh, really in at the university, etc. Uh, he started his career there, uh, and he he jumped in, uh, and everything what he did, it was uh, you know a lot of people said exaggerated, uh, because he was uh, really uh, fully involved, uh, hardworking, um, obviously talented, and it worked very quickly. So 50, uh, 53, it was uh, year 53 and the University of Warsaw, directly MA studies, because in Poland you cannot join. At that time, it was difficult. Today, it's almost impossible after BA to start PhD. So, uh, and, and he did um, according to the rules MA. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So this happens in, in January 1953. He's dismissed from the army. And then 
in the 1960s, we start to see the tensions between Bauman's identities and, 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 and the Jewish master status, as you put it, that the Polish society had kept imposing on him, finally explode. Um, why was Bauman forced to leave Poland when, when he did and, and emigrate? Yes, I, I would say that it was not new in the 60s. It is uh, all the time because in 53, you see, he was evicted for the same reason. And at school before Second World War, he had the problems exactly for the same reason. So it is like kind of, you know, uh, old and permanent story here. Uh, and But but 68, he was uh, definitively evicted and he was even perceived and announced by government as one of the the main leader of 68 uh, revolt, which in Poland was not revolt against capitalism or against the actual system. It was uh, the revolt uh, organized against bureaucracy and against uh, what they said uh, they, they uh, didn't say we need to change the regime. They said we need to fix the regime because the regi- uh, this regime is, uh, the, the socialism is good, but what we have now, this is not the socialism. It is derivative of and pathological socialism. So they tried to, it was the kind of revolt which uh, didn't uh, contest uh, the actual political system. And uh, Bauman was not one of the leaders, uh, however, he was revisionist. Uh, he, he was uh, one of the thinkers, I, I would say, that was uh, uh, cited. Uh, he uh, also gave a lot of talks. Uh, he was very close to the students. And during 68th event, yes, he acted as a leader. Uh, and I'm citing a scene which is completely unknown and in Poland, nobody knew about this, when he, with his body, protected his students against, uh, you know, police uh, heavily armed and with the gas uh, in the university building. So it was a beautiful, courageous story. He was a very courageous man. Mm -hmm. A fascinating figure. And I find it interesting that many others, including Leszek Kolokowski, were emigrated at the same time, uh, but Kolakowski did find his way back into the Polish academic establishment in in the 1990s, for example, which never happened to to Bauman. Uh, could you comment on on the reasons behind this divergence in these two famous Polish intellectuals' careers? Yes, absolutely, and they were friends to some point. To some point, they they were friends, but at the end of their life, uh, it was the, um, the 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 problem that I I'm explaining in a book. Um, Kowalkowski was um, uh, very charismatic. Uh, Bauman also was very charismatic, but uh, the the uh, Kowalkowski was. Um, uh, took away which majority of, uh, of Polish intellectuals, I would say, uh, uh, took after uh, 89. 
he he moved uh, before eighty nine. Means Kowalski uh, became uh, he was Marxist. He was even a very very active communist in his youth. Uh, uh, that is something that people uh, forget uh, frequently. But he was very much more active and aggressive in his speeches, etc. Than than Bauman was, uh, because just Bauman was from this other. We we called it uh, uh, communism a la polonaise. Means uh, Polish. Uh, Polish, uh, not Russian, uh, not Soviet uh, communist. Okay, and uh, Kowakowski changed. When he immigrated, he uh, became uh, uh, closer to capitalism, and uh, after he became this um, intellectual that a lot of people in Poland after 89 uh, and, and before, uh, the, the struggle against the uh, regime in Poland, um, so underground and uh, solidarity movement. Uh, for them, Kowakowski was an intellectual guru, without any doubts. And his thinking is grounded and close to the Catholicism. So he changed uh, the, the writing of Kowakowski uh, when, from 50s uh, and after when you are reading uh, later, 70s, 80s, etc. The, you, you can see obvious change. And uh, as Bauman said, uh, he had several propositions to become Soviet, um, you know, specialist of Soviet Union and obviously criticized, but he stay always close to leftist ideas. I would certainly not communist anymore, but socialist, absolutely. Uh, again, uh, he didn't change his, uh, you know, his ideas from sixty. It was elaborated, uh, obviously postmodernism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but his political opinions and political sensitivity is was always the same. So close to to the people who need our support and and against such heavy inequality and. Again, with this last period of his life, he life he demonstrated how neoliberalism is uh, um, toxic for uh, society. Yes, in the for social ties and relationships, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, this is maybe a good point to mention that his first work was actually on the British labor movement, uh, which kind of re- reinforces the, the the point that you're making right now. Yes, but it was also, remember that they, and, and this is something which uh, we uh, today, sociologists, historians, thinkers, etc., and especially new generation, we are forgetting about the censure. Uh, yes, censorship. You have the strong limitation in these countries in which you have no freedom, academic freedom and freedom of speech. And uh, why this choice of British Labour Party, etc.? Because working on Polish uh, context or Soviet context in these years was completely dangerous, you know. So uh, going outside was uh, a better solution. Uh, Bauman uh, learned English already in a high school, so in, in, in a middle school uh, before before Second World War. So he was uh, um, actually he was very good in learning uh, languages because he knew uh, a lot of languages. So. 
uh, and, and he was supervised by Hochfeld. And Hochfeld was uh, someone who knew very well the uh, British uh, Labour Party. He was close to this environment. He lived in London, etc., etc. So it was the several factors that played this role in, in, in this decision. And it was very good work, yes. Mm-hmm. And how did he end up at the University of Leeds uh, in in the nineteen seventies, which is not what might one one might assume uh, because he definitely sought after some some more prestigious, let's say, uh, scholarly institutions offered him positions, including Yale, for example. Yes, but there uh, it was more proposition uh, connected to this uh, critic of Soviet Union, you know, and this is not what he would like to be. And he was against this, uh, you know, compartmentation, you know, they, they put you are in the box, you were from Eastern Europe, specialists of Marxists, you were Stalin, etc. He uh, inspired to be a sociologist of culture, you know, with big ideas and, and they, you, you know, something, someone who is not um, really always connected to Poland or, or Marxism, etc., etc. So uh, I think that um, other researchers who were more familiar with uh, British uh, educational systems and are were, will go to the archives and uh, will have time to dig uh, in leads and, and are expert in, in British academia and the British political party will uh, perhaps in the future explain better than me uh, how it happened. I... I presented what it was uh, uh, not obvious, but what I could find. But uh, um, this part, starting from Leeds uh, uh, and British uh, life of Bauman, I think that it will continue to be described and analyzed by his friends, specialists, you know, and, and the people who are really unrooted in a British context. Uh, it was both. Leeds um, had the ambitions to open up and not limit them to only to British scholars. Uh, actually, I'm writing uh, here about their tradition. Leeds tradition was very, uh, you know, progressive. Uh, they had uh, first uh, um, non-white uh, professors and. Uh, they offered positions to non-British professors, so uh, they were not such, uh, um, how to say, um, they they were really progressive, and uh, it was the idea of um, uh, decentralized London, uh, and uh, Miliband, who was the friend of of Bauman, came there, so it was the idea of uh, people who worked in at Leeds University and uh, managed this uh, to have, you know, to create a specific new environment. Um, and, and he was the part of of the of the picture, yes, of the of the project, and it was successful, I think. You know the beautiful, uh, prestigious places uh, frequently are not offering such freedom as this uh, secondary uh, environment and places. In my view, one of the most fascinating aspects of, of your book is the careful interweaving of Bauman's familial relations, and most crucially, uh, the companionship with his wife Janina Bauman. Uh, 
Um, would you please tell us more about the ways in which their relationship shaped and reshaped Bauman as a thinker and a public intellectual over, over the, the many years of their marriage? Yes, uh, this is probably also the uh, input of my um, work, previous work on the career of researchers. Uh, I saw how much uh, partner, I would not say wife, even if 90% of cases or even 95 or more, uh, the, the, the woman is this part in, you know, in, in backstage, uh, how it is crucial for a career of person who is visible. And it was also the case for Bauman. It is not something uh, exceptional. However, again, it is he provides a, an extreme case uh, because they lived together 61 years and uh, she died in 2009. And uh, um, from the beginning, they met in when they both were um, studying on their uh, BA, so their sweethearts uh, couple, yes. And uh, I, I, I think that um, she was uh, crucial not only because uh, she organized his uh, family life, uh, because he was much more involved in, uh, you know, uh, homework, some during some periods that she was. He was a very progressive man from the point of view of feminist studies, you know. But she uh, was the partner of the discussions. Uh, She also did, from the beginning, editing work. It was related to her professional life. And she was also a writer. So, uh, you know, the work on the texts, reading books together and having this intellectual inspiring partner was very important. And I think that this is uh, something which needs to be shown in order to understand uh, the career of these prestigious uh, um, and eminent personages. Uh, Bauman um, wrote in Polish, first of all, uh, after they moved, to, they, they, they were evicted, so they spent three years in Israel. Um, and during this Israeli period, he wrote again in Polish, he continued. And uh, when they moved to um, Leeds, uh, after 10 years only, uh, Bauman started to write in English. Uh, so she uh, always edited her uh, his work in Polish, but not in English. However, in the UK, what was very important, it was uh, the moment when she started uh, writing her book, and and uh, she published two main books. Uh, first is her um, journal based on her journal from the ghetto, Warsaw ghetto. She she was Holocaust survivor, and and this is very important book uh, for historians of Holocaust, uh, very highly appreciated. And literary, in, from the point of view of uh, literature, it is also a very important book. And uh, it is incredible, and, and that was it. I'm saying this on, based on testimonies of their friends uh, and children, uh, that um, he uh, didn't realize, actually, all family didn't realize uh, how talented she was. And uh, he, he probably realized how talented she was, but they didn't realize altogether what kind of experience it was, uh, they, they get to. 
And yeah, when Bauman, it, Bauman himself mentioned numerous times that they had never discussed her her yes. immediate experiences, right? Yes, yes, but it is typical for all Holocaust survivors, I think. When you are reading uh, their testimonies, etc., etc., it, 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 it started, uh, I explain it in the book, um, after Eichmann uh, process, uh, it, 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 it was uh, really a revival and, and um, this new wave of testimonies, and when Janina's mother died and her sisters uh, his sister uh, they, they survived uh, all three of them uh, so she was alone in life and she said now I need to give my testimonies and uh, and, and this book impacted really uh, in strongly Bauman and um, more in details about about this impact and relationship between two books uh, so winter in the morning by Janina Bauman and Holocaust, uh, the modernity and the Holocaust uh, by uh, Zygmunt Bauman. More on this relationship, um, I wrote in a chapter which is published uh, in a collective book, um, uh, Modernity and the Holocaust Revisited. It is a book which will be published next year by Rutledge. And uh, editors were um, Jack Palmer and Dariusz Brzeziński. And, and here you have, um, I think, three chapters uh, connected to this uh, issue of collaboration. I, I call it collaboration between uh, Janina and Zygmunt Bauman. Uh, certainly, it was a huge, not only from the perspective, academic perspective, you know, you know in, in Bauman's life, uh, modernity and the Holocaust is uh, highly appreciated. And this is how he became uh, really uh, the important thinker uh, in uh, social sciences and history, etc. Uh, but it was for him also. And here, Brian Shayet explained it very well. It was his a Jewish turn in his life. Doesn't mean that he went back to synagogue and became religious, not at all. But he really uh, reflected deeply on, on uh, his, uh, not really on his origin, but on the uh, Jewish condition. Yes, or, or uh, anti-Semitism, and uh, he 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 worked. He started to work on it, so it was also very important. That was uh, his last state, let's say, last period in his academic uh, activity. Yes, when when he was dean and, and he worked at Leeds University. And, uh... Bauman died some four years ago in 2017, and you end the monograph with the achievement of worldwide, worldwide recognition for his late works. It might be interesting to know that he wrote Modernity and the Holocaust when he was 64, I, I believe, um, and, and including the celebrated Liquid Modernity that came out in 2000 when he was 75. What was it? that made his scholarship so appealing to such broad audiences the world over since the turn of the century? Uh, you know, when he was very young uh, and he was in the army, he needed to speak to everyone. 
uh, means to people who were analphabet and uh, he needed to explain them Marxism, you know, and, and doctrines, etc. So I think that he was not only trained to share about his ideas, but uh, he was really uh, well skilled uh, and he knew how to do it. Uh, it, it is a, one moment in his life when he published his first paper, it was he, he was 11 years old. And it was a journal uh, in Polish language for for Jewish public, and they, he spoke about uh, Champollion archaeologist and his discoveries because he learned it and he would like to share it immediately. And I think that this is this, uh, you know, his life attitude. I learned something and I would like to share, but to share with uh, with people who certainly will not have time, you know, skills and 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 uh, um, tools for understanding what I am doing, I am reading. Uh, so this uh, way of uh, uh, sharing in a accessible to large public way, this is something which is frequently missing uh, to, you know, scholars, thinkers, etc. And it is, I think that academia is not uh, um, paying attention to that. Perhaps uh, I have this European view, uh, because in the United States, I think that um, it, you have more um, attention to a large public. Um, in, in France, for example, academic language should be non-accessible, which is contrary to Chicago school. Uh, Chicago uh, team, the sociologists always pay attention that uh, we need to write in a way that uh, someone who is not a graduate uh, sociology department could understand what we are doing. And, and Bauman, uh, it was his idea that we can, through writing, we can change the world. And that was very powerful. And this is something which, which keep him, it kept him young. When you are, you, you know, one of the book which I'm using with my students, and I'm not a Bauman specialist or postmodern uh, expert, you know, postmodernity expert. I'm really Chicago qualitative methods uh, scholar, not not at all um, the big theories, etc. But when I'm working with my students, I, I I'm working on uh, uh, liquid love. And in this book, he's passing from one-to-one partnership and, first of all, heterosexual. Very quickly, he's passing to homosexual and other types of love. And he's writing a a lot about love by internet. So, you know, he was 80-something when he... um, uh, he, he wrote so it is incredible his capacity to be um, with society with developing society and and after th- this book is also for me very important because um, he is finishing uh, so the, the love of uh, he's passing through the love of your neighbor uh, which is very important because, as we know from Polish history, neighbors could, could kill you. Uh, and uh, after, he's finishing with uh, refugees, which is today in Europe the, the issue number one. Because uh, if you are uh, aware about what is going on in December 2021 in Poland, the authorities forbidden to give the help to people 
who are dying in a frozen forest. So that is something uh, which uh, you you know, and that happened in the same border that Bauman escaped. Bauman was pushed back. Yes, he when when uh, uh, Nazi came uh, and occupied already uh, Polish territories in thirty nine in the fall. Uh, they tried to cross illegally border uh, of Soviet Union, and uh, it was already finished the agreement that they can escape. So Soviet tried to push them back, and they asked to, uh, you know, to, however, they, they, they tried to manage with the soldiers, and he closed the eyes. So it was the act of humanity, because uh, it is how these Baumanns survived. And today you have the same uh, area, geographic area, and Polish so-called democratic army is uh, mm, refusing the request for asylum from people who are coming here with kids, with women, pregnant women. They're packing them in a military truck and they're putting them on the border with Belarusia alone in a frozen forest by minus something temperature. So we have the, um, it, and what is spectacular that even humanitarian organizations are absent and uh, informal, uh, you know, uh, the civil society organization, uh, organizations are there for helping people, but they have no access to these people because army prevent this access. So that, that is, uh, I, I wonder what Bauman would do write today about this, but it, the, this story is horrible. And this is why I think his thinking is not at all something, you know, which belongs to, to the past, but it's, it's very much, unfortunately, this part of his writing uh, is very much actual. Mm-hmm. Again, your response anticipates my, my, my follow-up question, but I will ask it nonetheless. Um, did Bauman finally manage to resolve the Jewish-Polish identity conundrum of the economy that had occupied him since the 1930s? What does his strained relationship with the new Poland's political intellectual establishment in the 1990s and in 21st century tell us about the state of post-transition or transition Eastern Europe, not, not only Poland? Oh, that is a difficult question because I, I try to never respond if he resolved something or not. It is a question addressed to him. Uh, I think that he always, uh, based on what he wrote in this private paper, he always struggled to be bold, to have this capacity and, and to, to, to have this recognition from others to accept him both as a Jew and Paul at the same time. The category, which is completely uh, deconstructed, put uh, apart uh, by society, by majority of society, uh, and this process of putting apart, uh, focusing on Polishness as a, uh, you know, in in which Catholicism is uh, the most important part, is growing. So from that point of view, his idea of being together or having this double mixed, really under, uh, you, you know, really mixed identity, uh, probably today is more and more uh, the utopian impossible project. 
Um, now, uh, he was not rejected after, eight, eight, he was very uh, early back <laughs> to Poland in 88, so even before 89, uh, but uh, he was um, well accepted and welcomed by small part of Polish academic world. Not all people rejected him, um, but yes, uh, majority and uh, and and uh, establishment, I would say, rejected him. And and you know, it was um, uh, two different rejections. It was this elegant uh, official. Uh, not official, but elegant rejection by this establishment uh, when they refused uh, his uh, honoris causa, uh, which is called renovation of his PhD, uh, honorary renovation uh, renovation of his PhD uh, at Warsaw University. And uh, um, this rejection by a Polish society uh, in form of uh, um, protests uh, during his uh, seminars and talks uh, and those protests, very aggressive, were organized by neo-fascist groups. And it was not a marginal phenomenon. That is very important and, and uh, need to say. His pictures were burned uh, during uh, public manifestations on the street. Uh, he represented something that uh, is uh, called uh, uh, Judeo-communism, means he was engaged, uh, left engaged, uh, after, you see, in 2015, when it was so-called first crisis uh, of immigrants in Europe, I'm saying so-called because it is, it, it, researchers are saying and proving that it was really a propaganda, anti-refugees propaganda, and Bauman tried to explain this phenomenon, etc. Uh, so his writing and his position um, supporting refugees, uh, trying to understand and explaining what is migratory phenomenon uh, was uh, announced as a, uh, you know, he was communist, uh, um, pro-Muslim, uh, pro, uh, so against Catholicism, against uh, uh, Polish culture, you know, it was seen really as an, as an aggression to Polish uh, identity. Uh, he was. Uh, he actually um, is uh, speaking about um, mixophobia, very interesting term, uh, which by which he explained why we're rejecting everything which is not uh, similar to us. Yes, we're uh, afraid of being mixed. Seems like Bauman's work will will stay. Uh, with us, and there's still much we can learn from 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 his opus. Um, finally, where has this project taken you, Dr. Wagner? Uh, what are you currently working on? Uh, I spend more time more time with Bauman because I translated Bauman uh, into Polish. Uh, it was very important to me, and Polish version uh, is 300 pages <laughs> larger. Uh, it was important uh, because uh, of this uh, actually uh, important fashion uh, and the re revival of fascism in Poland. Uh, just a couple of days ago, Poland was this... Uh, 
uh, the, the, the Warsaw was the place of meeting of the main leader of neo-fascist and uh, extreme right wings parties in Europe. Uh, so this is something uh, horrible to someone who knows, I'm not saying it's lefty or not lefty, but who knows simply uh, history of Poland. Uh, that so after spending this uh, half of the year uh, translating and writing more um, about Bauman, I uh, started to work on another um, person uh, who uh, is uh, who has amazing life and is uh, almost uh, unknown, and I would like to. Um, Publish uh, her biography. This is Dr. Alina Margolis Edelman. Um, and I hope that I will be able to publish uh, this story because this is uh, the story of uh, Socialist uh, Jewish Party Bund. Her uh, even grandparents were uh, close to, to this um, amazing. Um, in heritage, I'm speaking here not from the point of view of political sciences, but uh, social engagement, because it was um, it, it will be a story of social engagement. And uh, uh, she was pediatric doctor, uh, Holocaust survivor, and here I will also tell the story of Warsaw Ghetto, School of Nurses uh, in that place. Uh, so, for one part, really tragic stories. Uh, also, uh, Dr. Alina uh, Margolis Edelman uh, published a book about the uh, uh, Holocaust, a uh, very important small book uh, collection of uh, testimonies. And she was also kicked out uh, because of 68 uh, from Poland. She was uh, from Jewish uh, origin, and uh, both her parents were also medical doctors. So again, a story of familial and professional inheritance. So my background of sociologists of work, you know, and professions will will be here very useful. Uh, and after 68, he he moved to France where I lived also, I was immigrant there, and she had a very difficult life. She uh, couldn't, uh, during several years, uh, uh, work as a physician. She needed to pass exams, etc., etc. And in um, late 70s, she was engaged in a humanitarian work. And here, her new life, a little bit like for Bauman, you know, when he started his after retirement, so during retirement, his new life, she started with the both people in Chinese Sea with, uh, you know, after Vietnam War, saving people simply uh, in a time when a lot of people was th thinks uh, already about retirement, you know, so she was one of the co-creator of Doctors of the World. So very famous today institution. And she was in Salvador, uh, Guatemala, Chad, uh, Bosnia, uh, Leningrad, uh, and Poland. And she created a lot of uh, missions of that organization, as, as well as uh, other uh, organizations, uh, etc. So she was really incredible. And today, on, on this uh, horrible Polish border, she missed a lot because uh, she was able to deplace de the mountains for uh, for saving children, and she is today known. And that is here when where uh, feminist studies uh, were will help me to 
analyze this. She's well known as a wife of Marek Edelman, who was a ghetto uh, hero and also uh, underground Polish uh, hero and very important person. But uh, yes, that, that is the faith of women frequently, that they are not uh, such under the spot as it should be. So I, I hope that this work also, this, this is not only work on a biography, this is a work on a history, but also and, and foremost on a engagement uh, to humanitarian, you know, humanitarian engagement. And, and that is something which we need absolutely today. So- Remarkably intriguing, and I cannot wait to to see it off the presses. Uh, Dr. Wagner, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining New Books Network, and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much.